and welcome back to Four Peace and a Pod. I am Conch, one of your four hosts of this podcast. We also have here Bill. Hello. We have Andre. Hey. And Yanni. Hi. So Four Peace and a Pod is a podcast about friendship, quarter life crisis, and discovering life after music school. Yes, we are all music major graduates specifically from the UP College of Music. Every week, we talk about topics relating to music, adulting, and our own experiences and whatever we want. If you have questions or something in mind that you want us to talk about, then feel free to send us an email at fourpeaceandapod at gmail.com. If you're watching on YouTube, feel free to comment down below, subscribe, and give us a like. Also, follow us on Spotify. And if you're listening on Spotify, hello please head over to YouTube to give us a like and subscribe too. But yeah, I am happy to say that we have a guest today because we are going to talk about something different. It's about majors in our college that's sort of, I would say, not really like known-ish. I am not sure. But anyway, we're going to be talking about being a musicology slash Asian music major and also being a conducting major. Our guest, our friend, is here with us to help. She comes from a family of musicians and graduated from the college as well. Uh, she took a diploma in creative performing musical arts, or DCPMA as we shortened it in the college, under Asian music and majored in the Kolintang. You should research what the Kolintang is if you don't know what it is and give it a listen because it's amazing. She then followed her DCPMA with a Bachelor's of Music degree in choral conducting. So let us now welcome our wonderful friend, Atelia, Jokina, woo! Clap, clap! Thank you, thank you. All right. So before we get into it, kumusta kayo guys? How was your week? Because mine was pretty uneventful. Define uneventful. <laughs> uneventful, you know, kain, tulog, Netflix, new shows up. But other than that, have you that, watched the new show? Which one? The uh, yeah, yeah, the Tresa one. Have you watched it? I have thoughts. <laughs> I have. I, have, I haven't I have. watched it, so yeah. It's in it's my nice. list, but I haven't. I haven't it's started nice. watching it. We all know the opinion, guys. Izzy has opinions. Izzy no, has it's not the. This podcast is not about her. So, <laughs> <laughs> shout out, Madame Eliza. <laughs> I'm gonna drop, but I will tell you that. My week has also been uneventful. Same thing. Eat, sleep, turo, taro, complain, ganun. I think my week is okay. We, parang nag last week. We had, we, we celebrated my dad's 60th. Oh, wow. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday Tito. <laughs> Happy Tito birthday talaga. to him. Yeah. Wala kaming gift. Oh, <laughs> Yanni. Okay yan. The gift of four. 60th pa naman. <laughs> Yeah, my week was very, very fun. My weekend especially because I went to the beach. So, I got that well-deserved R&R. Tapos sa vita lang naman. So, wala naman super intense travel restrictions. But anyway, let's go to Atelia. I want to know how your week has been. Kasi kaming apat, lagi naman kaming magkausap. So, we kind of know how everyone's week goes. Atelia, how have you been doing? Ayan, this week, I started my remedial classes in Miriam. So, I've been teaching every day. It's something kind of new 
to me that I'm seeing my students every day. So that's also an experience. I'm starting to cram the way I used to cram in college. And um, also, I got my vaccine yesterday. So actually, I'm very well rested today because... One quick like catch up because we haven't like talked in a while. Besides teaching, are you doing anything else? Am I doing anything else? Parang everything has been related to teaching, but I'm still rehearsing my I, I'm still rehearsing with Cherubim right now. There is a project that we are working on. It's a recital of one of my mentors. So it's a very big project and it's very stressful, but it's allowed the kids to see each other every week paren, to still continue learning together in some way. Yeah, that's good. Because I'm I'm wondering how choirs are working right now given the pandemic. Like for someone like you na nasa music sector ng no, Philippines, obviously, and involved in a lot of projects, and you're a teacher, this you're a performer, you're a conductor, how have you guys been coping with that? Honestly, the choir, I had to take a leave around August last year just to focus on my teaching, but we returned around January this year. We've been doing a lot of virtual choirs, but that really doesn't capture the dynamic of, you know, the usual choral singing. So it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle even on my end, um, redefining my role as a conductor. Because um, at the end of the day, the best thing we can do right now is to teach. The best thing we can do right now is to teach and just prepare them for when we all come back. Yeah, that's amazing that you're still able to you know, handle virtual performances and to continue to that, given that you have so many projects, you have so ma- you have so many projects related to music, you have so many work. Parang how were you able to decide? Given that you're from a family of musicians, tapos di ba sabi mo nga, na you're a second generation musician. Parang when did you really realize, even when you were younger, na I'm going to pursue music? And maybe you can share with us, Rin, how being part of family of musicians affected yun nga, yung decision mo to be a musician and then maybe you can discuss ultimately uh, your path on pursuing music. I think for me, um, it was something so ingrained in our family to just be surrounded by different kinds of music in general that I didn't really think about taking it as a major or just majoring in music. I don't think about majoring in music until much, much later, my dad was actually the one who told me na, Leah, you know, you might want to explore a career in music. And I was, na, I, I wanted to take med. I, I wanted to go into med school when oh, I was really? in high school. Yeah, I wanted to go into med school. But my dad sat me down. He was like, can you please just take the entrance exam for my sanity? And okay, wala namang mawawala sa akin <laughs> if I do that. So, I took the entrance exam to the college. During that time, I, I was preparing for a piano performance. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was PTJP um, when I was in high school. And I came home crying. I came home crying. I was like really frustrated. And then my dad laughed at me. He said, you know what? You wouldn't be crying if you didn't care so much about your music. <laughs> I think that was the moment. Yeah, I think I, I must really love it. And 
that really changed the course of things. So I focused on my auditions at the College of Music. I did, however, audition for a different major. Oh, <laughs> I auditioned really? for a different major. Did you yes. audition for dance? <laughs> dance talaga. Joke lang. <laughs> I did not audition for dance. It's in the same department. You auditioned for voice? I auditioned for voice. Oh. I did not pass the voice exams. Um, I did not pass the voice auditions. I entered the college through an appeal. Yeah, it was an appeal to the Asia, uh, to the musicology department, which houses also the DCPMA for Asian music. The only condition for my acceptance was that I had to stay in the department for two years. So that was my admission to the College of Music. But you ended up finishing it, no? I mean, to DCPMA. Yes, I ended up finishing it. Because I was thinking two years, two years required, four years to finish the course, although it did take longer. That was already generally like halfway through. So it didn't make sense to shift out anymore. I just wanted to circle back to your dad. You were saying, was your dad a musician too? No, my dad was not a musician. His his ano nga, his inside joke is that, you know, he loves music, but music doesn't love him back. So I think part of him pushing me to be a music major was his frustration. But he doesn't play any instruments. He sings. Uh, for fun. <laughs> but for he, has fun. Like, <laughs> he has like zero, zero sense of rhythm and he knows it. So, sorry dad. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> so. Grabe, you're very fortunate for your dad. Because yeah. I mean, it's not. It's a very uncommon music story, no? Because normally it's it's the other way around, like parents asking children, begging them not to pursue music yeah. instead of pushing them to actually pursue music. Yeah, the funny thing is, my grandmother, who is the actual musician from in in our family, did not want me to take music. No. <laughs> why? Why now? Is it okay to ask why? <laughs> she never answered me. Every time, every time that I would ask her, what's the audition process for the College of Music? Her answer would be, oh, don't you want to take some other course? I, I think the only time she finally said, okay, um, here's the audition process was when I said I wanted to become a pilot like my grandfather. And she was like, heck no, not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah. So speaking of you know, Asian music nga, and you did four years. Kasi we did an episode, I think that was episode two of our podcast na Day in the Life of of each major, each of our majors. Tas we discussed we just discussed uh for example the curriculum or what we do or yung mga quirks ng How major na yun. Yeah, exactly. So maybe you can walk us through being an Asian music major and maybe what you loved about it, what your frustrations were. Or maybe, I mean, I was also thinking, baka kasi people are wondering, what is Asian music or the musicology department? It's very different kasi. Diba? I agree. One of Asian music life, it feels so far away because I actually did not take four years. I took a little more <laughs> than four years in the Asian music uh, department. I entered the college thinking I was going to shift out after two years. So to be really honest, I didn't take my first semester very seriously. So there was that. But also, I started really falling in love with Asian music and um, just performing for the department. It was a bunch of recitalists. We had a bunch of recitalists one semester. Tapos, 
they had to pull performers from the younger years already because there were so many there were so many majors or there there were so many performances that the older the seniors could not handle it anymore. Could you share a little bit why usually sa department niyo naghahatak-hatak kayo ng mga tao? Yeah. This was one of the reasons why I fell in love with it. It's because it's generally very ensemble-based, meaning we really have to work with each other. Um, the Kulintang, which is my major. Well, during our time, it was the only available major, actually. Um, now, now there's Rondalia, Koto. I, I don't know if there are additional so automatic ones before, pagpasok mo isa music, Kulintang ka lang? Yes, Kulintang oh. major. So ako, dara-daracho ako sa Kulintang talaga. To the ire probably of my advice, I, not my advisor, my major teacher, because we didn't really, I, I didn't get along with a number of my teachers for a while, but that was my fault. <laughs> that was entirely my fault. For, I know, for Asian music, you also have like minors or you required like concentration. I think this is where my frustrations with the department <laughs> come in. Hey, okay. We had <laughs> we had three minors. We were required three minors up to 41. So four semesters of three minors on top of our majors. So, I mean, it's one thing that the that the minors would just take 30 minutes of your week, 30 minutes of your week because that's just the lesson. But you have to prepare for it the same way that you prepare for your major, basically. Because you still have to be equally proficient in those instruments. And the thing is, when it comes to our recital in the Asian music department, we don't just play our major instrument. We have to play all three minors. So um, that's what makes it quite difficult. You can't really... It's hard to balance the time that you have to spend with a certain instrument. I thought na madami na yung minor ng music ed <laughs> with two. Kayo tatlo pala, I didn't realize tatlo. that. Wait, so you had to take these ng sabay-sabay? Yes. What oh, minors? Wow. Yes. Kasi the usual minors I know is like, oh, this person went voice, this person went violin or piano. Our or... minors were also Asian music instruments. So for me, what did I take? <laughs> I don't remember anymore. I had... Um, I had Afro-Latin. I had an Afro-Latin minor. I had Chinese. I, I think I did, the, yeah, I did the PIPA for a semester, but gave it up because it coincided. Uh, it, no, did not coincide. It, it, it went like the total other way with my piano training. So it was a bad idea. And then I also did Koto. So those were my three minors. So you were able to only practice these uh, minors or even your major in the college or for example did you have a personal kulintang or personal koto i did not have a personal koto or or afro-latin instruments or the chinese instrument um i'm i'm grateful though that i did have well it wasn't in my house it was in my grandmother's house so i would go to my grandmother's house to practice um there, we had a kulintang there the reality is i was lucky the rest of my the rest of my um department mates did not have that luxury one but also i don't think i spent a lot of time during my latter years in my grandmother's house because like i said earlier the music making when it comes to asian music is always so communal 
So it makes more sense to practice with the people that you perform with. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to practice on your own a lot of times That's also kind of the reason why you guys have the org, diba? You guys have Tugma. Yeah, Tugma was founded for the recitals, actually. Tugma was founded for to help to help the Asian music majors just put together everything because it it is very difficult to put together that recital because like I said, we have to perform all instruments and all instruments are ensembles, basically. So let's say I have five people for the Hulintang Ensemble. I have 10 people for the Chinese Ensemble. Six people for the Afro-Latin. And I have 10 more people for the Gamelan. I mean, we have to cycle through people din naman. We don't want to torture our, our accompanists also. I mean... But honestly, because we perform for each other, when it comes to our recital, it's you're you're actually very comfortable already because you're performing with the same people. Um, you just rotate instruments basically. And you know what? I have to give it to your department. Pansin ko kasi sa mga sa dami dami ng recitals, yung Asian music they give one of the best performances yeah, lagi and the most organized. Hindi lang visually, even if you're working as behind someone scenes. behind behind the stage, yeah. backstage. Ang ayos ng organization. And parang kami rin, if we do our recitals, even if we are from a different department, usually we get people from Asian music kasi sila yung, for some reason yun, maalam and sanay na sanay na kahit anong iharap mong problem, gets na gets na nila kung paano, kung paano nila susolusyonan and they're not phased at all. Sa mga napanood ko yung recitals, no, Asian music, norm- usually yung parang sila yung may mga unique settings unique setup, and normally very interactive. Almost lahat yata ng Asian music na, like, antag ito, na recital na na-attendan ko. One way or another, like, they, they incorporate um, an interactive, like, performance with the audience or, like, with how the setup is. Yeah, like, very memorable. Very memorable recitals from Asian music. Honestly, I'm glad it has evolved to that because I think during our time, like I said, I was in the college for a very long time. So it's been a while since I, I, I've um, been part of those productions. It's changed a lot. Back then, the big challenge for us was how to, how to recreate that experience na hindi, it doesn't become repetitive. Because, um, like I said, there was a time that we had eight recitalists. And sometimes, you know, you, you have a very limited repertoire. You have a very limited repertoire available to us. So, how do you make it interesting? How do you make her recital different from his recital? Na it's not just the people who are rotating. Na how do you make it interesting? For my recital specifically, for my graduation recital, I remember really incorp- wanting to incorporate choral music already because I had already decided to shift at that point. I decided to incorporate it. And I think... During that time, it was it was during that time that we discovered that there, we had a lot of opportunities to explore different ways that we can include Asian instruments in different kinds of music. Because for a while, you know, one of my other ires about <laughs> being an Asian music major, especially during our time, we were very separated in the college. Nah, it's it, it's the rest of the majors versus the Asian music majors who are very quote-unquote different um, because the, dif- uh, the music that we learn is 
again, quote-unquote, different. And I think the separation came from both parties. There was a lot of feeling that we shouldn't include ourselves in a certain place, in certain performances. Oh, it's not for Asian music. So we would just stick to each other. (laughs) That's one of the things that um, I noticed during my time there. And also from the outside, you know, there, there are also... There, there are honestly also judgments. I Asian music major kasasha, so they'd give us flack for it, and I think that's changed a bit during my time in the college, which is good. I mean, I'm glad it has changed a lot. I think that also contributes to the fact that mas naging communal kayo because I guess of yung mga ganong mga clicks then sa college. Pero other than that, I really appreciate yung yung chemistry that. Asian music majors create because they have so many ex- so much experience performing together and just in general performing and I think Tugma and for our listeners who don't know it's Tugtugang Musika Asiatica that's short for that especially yung future generations ng Tugma I think they have a lot of experience na mga gigs outside not just in the college so they really create this sort of chemistry that they they're able to translate in their performances and you mentioned kanina na you included choral in your in your recital ba we can talk about that because for our listeners as we said kanina in introducing leah na she has a bachelor's degree in choral conducting correct so maybe you can share with us why you went into that and why you decided to pursue it as your next degree in a way I want to say that you're a double degree holder na rin in a sense, kahit DCPMA pa yan. So, imagine, no, you, you thought na ayoko mag-person no music, tapos biglang nag-double degree ka pa. So, <laughs> so, can you just share a little bit about that, Rin? Conducting was a surprise even to me. Um, it was a spur-of-the-moment decision. Like, like I said, I auditioned for a different department and I was very sure for a long while, for like, three years that I was going to re-audition for that department. But during that time that I spent in the college, I know I was performing a lot with Tugma, but I also made it a point to keep singing. I would join choirs. Um, I, I would join a lot of choirs in the college, um, choral conducting recitals. At some point, there was a performance. I think it was a premiere of a composition of, of a church musician. He was a teacher. And I saw how this person translated uh, that, that piece of paper, basically, to me into a performance. And I found that just really mind-blowing. At the end of the concert, I just suddenly said, I want to do that. Oh, one of the things I didn't mention about my Asian music life is that we had a lot of research subjects. We had a lot of research subjects. Because the bachelor's degree is a musicology, no? Yeah. It goes straight to musicology. And the reason why I didn't want to go into musicology was because as much as I enjoyed the research and the data analysis part, I did not enjoy writing. What's usually like, like, the musicology is about research. What's mm-hmm. like the, re- the, can you like give like uh, examples of what you were reading and stuff. Because like, I've always been curious, but I don't know anything. <laughs> Honestly, well, the musicology, the musicology subjects that I had weren't actually very 
Philippine focused. They they were general music. Um, musicology. Yeah, music and culture. Yeah, so MUL 100, I think. Yeah, 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 I get now. I actually don't remember anymore which ones were for my Asian music and which ones I took as electives during my conducting. But I did focus a lot more on performance because I I enjoyed performance a lot. And as much as I did enjoy the research and the reading, ako kasi I've always been kind of a bookworm. Number one, I did not want to write. Number two, my grandmother was a musicologist. So until the point that I changed my last name, it is not going to happen. <laughs> the pressure is too high. Um, so I didn't want to be in the same exact field as my grandmother. Yeah, when I when I went into when I saw that performance, I realized I had been in a most of my singing experience had been in a choir. And the biggest reason why I did not even consider um conducting in the first place was because I was terrified of leadership roles as in terrified which i think i only developed in tugma honestly it's very different no conducting kasi yeah. parang it's also performance in a way but then it's performance of leading and making music through others sort of yeah i get what i get what you mean like the people people are our instruments basically which is why it, this pandemic is kind of a struggle um, because we can't be with people. We can't be with our instruments. Like unlike, unlike the rest. Na oh, at least I have my piano here. I can play. I'm fine. I don't have that. I can't do that. So that's the thing about conducting. Your your instrument are the people that play for you. Can you talk a little bit about uh your audition process mo, or even when you were in the conducting as someone with the perspective as a in a way, second degree nga, parang, and someone who was already in the college previously, what was that like for you? It was two very different things. I felt very pressured um, because I, ha- I was already from the college and the level of knowledge that you have to have as a conducting major seems to be much higher than um, for others because we have to make we have to make musical decisions for other people. And that means we have to understand our music a lot. And as an Asian music major, like I said earlier, we would really separate ourselves from the rest of the college. So I wasn't really very proficient with my knowledge on Western music when I entered the, the, the conducting department. Would you say it was... In a way, parang halos opposite siya. Kasi you mentioned na for Asian music, it was very communal. And then when it came to conducting per se, you were leading you were leading a group. I wouldn't necessarily call it opposite entirely. One, because like I mentioned earlier, I think that leadership that we needed for, that I needed for choral conducting, I developed in Tugma. I became an officer in Tugma also at some point. But one of the things with choral conducting is that you also have to admit that you don't know everything and the people around you can also help you. So as much as you think that you have to make the decisions on your own, most of the decisions that we actually make are based on our observations of the people we work around. So 
um, being very attuned with the people you work with is something I developed in Tugma and further developed even when I got into conducting. So in a way, I think my 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 experience in Asian music really helped me a lot when I got into conducting. I wanted to follow up lang nung kay Izzy, no? Like, because she mentioned opposites. But like, when I th- when I think about opposites, actually, I think one of the most notable things about, like, you specifically jumping from, like, Asian music to conducting, which, by the way, I don't think not many people do. Like, it, it's, it's quite opposite. Because, like, when I think about opposites and your degree programs, I think about the, like, yung foundation of both uh, degrees, uh, both, uh, what do you call this? Majors. Because Asian music is, as, as, it, as it is, Asian music. Pero ang, ang, ang history kasi ng uh, choral conducting is very Western, right? Yep. Yeah, the pra- and the practices itself are very Western. Like, even the notations are different. Even the, you know, instruments per se, or like something like that. So, um, did you struggle, like, how was the transition for you? Like, did you struggle a bit? Or like, did, was it very easy for you to transition? I struggled a lot. I struggled a lot. Um, I know, like, the worst part about it was that I knew that people were expecting a lot out of me because of my grandmother. I know that there was big expectations for me. She was she was a teacher for Western music history. And I honestly, at that point, wasn't very, like, especially when I was in Asian music. I, I took those subjects when I was in Asian music because we're all required to take it. I didn't pay much attention to it because I I wasn't thinking I was gonna go into choral conducting, right? So but it's too hard to like internalize because it's not really like practically used when you were yeah, a music major. Yeah, like I mean, I know it, but that's all it is to me, knowledge. Nah, I've never put it into practice. So having to do that around four years, three years after after I took the subjects on Western music history, it was very difficult. I had to brush up a lot on my music history. I would do a lot of reading on my own. I think I developed more of a study habit when I got into conducting. Given yun nga, you have both, quote-unquote, those degrees, what would you say is yung advantage now sa, sa work mo or the projects that you are involved in but how are you able to merge those two practices? Interesting, interestingly, Andre was part of this. My first, my second recital, my graduation recital for choral conducting, I decided that it wouldn't make sense for me to do an entirely Western work. So I, I chose to do the Misa Arirang from, from Korea, which made, made just a lot of sense because when I entered choral conducting, I remember just thinking, I have to put aside everything I learned as an Asian music major. And that was my mindset already. And then on my first enrollment, one of the, one of the teachers that signed my Form 5 <laughs> told me, do not forget where you came from. And I think that was, the, that was such a big challenge for me to just told that you don't have to put it aside. You have you have an opportunity to explore other things. And I felt very fulfilled by that, that recital because I got to introduce it to the rest of the college because I, I used the, cor- the, the chorus class for that. And 
like I said, very separated ang Asian music from the rest of the college. And being able to introduce that to the rest of the college was really a privilege for me and something very meaningful to wrap up my college life with, basically. Right now, I am working on I am working on a Santos work with Cherubim. It's a massive work. It's a it's a children's opera that we are working on right now. And the conductor I am working with kept telling me that I'm so glad you understand this kind of music because it's very different. My experience from Asian music really helps me a lot to understand what we're doing right now. So it opens a lot. It opens different opportunities for me, and it creates a very specific niche for me. Share ko lang about her, uh, yung recital na sinasabi niya. It was actually really fun because uh, you could actually she perfectly managed to merge yun nga, into opposite uh, worlds. If you think about it, like Korean mass. What was your role there, Andre? Oh, sure. Ganun. <laughs> <laughs> wait, lang ano abang role ko don? Hindi ko ma- wait. Diya ko man tabaho don. Kumanta ka. Sorry, kumata yung video ko. Yes, see, I, oh, Kaka, so, sobrang dami kong usher, in-usher na recital. I forgot kung kumanta ba, kumakanta ba ako or nag-usher sa mga ibang recitals. <laughs> Baka nag-usher ko like that. Tapos... Pwede naman you did both. <laughs> Para it's not surprising if you did both. <laughs> sa first half nung concert, ano, usher, second half, oh, singer. Kumanta. Okay, <laughs> madaming ganun ha. It's not meron weird. Na, meron Hindi ko magets kung saan nagagaling yung fear mo of leadership when you're basically saying that you're doing a Santos project with your children's choir, which is pretty much very challenging. So, hindi ko alam saan nagagaling yung notion mo that you're scared of leadership. Kasi, naalala ko, I was with you during chorus class and you were very, very clear with what you wanted to happen and walang bahid na you didn't know what you were doing. So, feel ko, you, you really had it in you ever since. You just didn't know it yet, siguro. I guess I just didn't give myself an opportunity to... to I just didn't give myself an opportunity to explore the fact that I could actually... I could actually take leadership roles. I, I came from a very big high school kasi, so I didn't get... I didn't get a lot of opportunities to lead during that time. So... I think that's where the fear of leadership came from. <laughs> so, Asalia, with your woe music life story, I cannot think of anyone better to be our guest tonight who could give us the most insight when it comes to the experience of... Ko, parang na-experience mo lahat. Someone who started out unsure if you even wanted to pursue music. Someone who landed in your not-so-first-choice major. <laughs> and I find it very unusual talaga na you get to mix both Asian music and conducting. Kasi diba usually it's compo and conducting, dance and voice, pero you mix two different worlds and it's very, I find it really, really interesting. With your background in all of these, I'm honestly curious to know what kind of music or song you might have right now that you can share with us through our Song of the Week segment where we share our thoughts and music tastes without the risk of future judgment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. so. I, I think I watched one of your episodes recently and I was like, yeah, I wouldn't choose a classic. I wouldn't choose a classical piece for this either. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yes, amen. And, uh, you know, the, the amount of time that we spend on classical music, we need a break. So um, what I chose today is entitled Georgica Pond by Johnny Swim. 
it's just a vocal and an electric guitar. That's all it is. I guess very fitting also for tonight. I talked about how it was my dad that made me realize that I had a place basically in the music scene here in the Philippines. He passed away just a few months before my last recital in the college. Actually never saw any of my recitals because he was he was away for a, a long time before he got sick. Georgia Pond was one of the songs that I would listen to every time that I just needed like comfort. How do I say this? It's basically the message of a parent to a child. It just says now one day when I'm gone, scatter my ashes on Georgia Pond and basically that I am around you. I am around you all the time. The thing about music is that it's a it's a great source of comfort and it's a great source of solace even when it's the one thing that you stress over. You still find a way to find comfort in music. Your choice, you know, is very interesting. I'm gonna make sure to listen to that one tonight. Pag nahanap ko siya. Very interesting, Lalo, with your very inspiring story. And, syempre, inspired na inspired ako here. Kasi, syempre, gusto ko rin before. I was really considering conducting until I saw yung audition requirements. So, I backed out. Wala akong, hindi ko kaya. <laughs> but, you know, if we have future conductors out there who are listening to our podcast, maybe you have, like, a final message you want to tell them? Or even the Asian music people. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess the biggest lesson to all of this is that to not be afraid to explore different kinds of music, to explore the things that are beyond your comfort zone. Like for me, Asian music was very different from what I wanted to take up initially. Also, that I was very terrified <laughs> about my conduct, uh, about taking uh, leadership roles and getting into conducting. But you know, sometimes you just have to take a leap of faith and you just discover that you're actually good at certain things. Don't be scared to try because there's a bigger chance of failing if you don't try. At least 50-50 ka if you try. If you don't, there's just no chance of you knowing what you're good at. All right. That's a very nice way to end our episode for tonight. We're very, very grateful to have you again here, Ia, Atidia. Thank you for all your wisdom, your insights, and yeah. That's it. That's our episode for tonight. And um, if you guys have any questions, please do send them at fourpeaceandapod at gmail.com. This uh, episode will air on uh, YouTube. We have a YouTube account. Please like, subscribe, follow. And this will also be on Spotify. Please follow us on Spotify. Everything will be down on the link. As well, uh, down every, everything will be linked uh, down on the description box below. All right. Together with um, Leah's Song of the Week and other links that we have for this episode. That's it. I am your host, Andre. I'm with Conch. Bye. I'm with Izzy. Bye. Yanni. Mm. And our very special <laughs> and our very special guest for tonight, Atidia. Bye, everyone. All Thank right. You. Goodbye, Bye. everyone. Thank, Thank you. you for listening. Good night.